So I want to ask you a question. Have y'all noticed over the past few years that everywhere you go, especially, especially since the pandemic, nobody wants to hear that word anymore, right? Especially since COVID is all going crazy again. But, but there's something that's been pretty unique that's happened. And it's called hand sanitizer. Y'all know everybody's laughing. Y'all know it's called hand sanitizer. And here's the thing. Have you noticed that it's everywhere? I mean, it's on the halls. It's, it's, it's here at the school. It's in the hospitals. It's on the, which I really like that, by the way. You know, when you go into the hospitals and you can just kind of, you know, they got it. You go in anywhere, any public place in stores, uh, uh, you know, they got it sitting on the counter. As a matter of fact, I brought some with me this morning. I actually stole it from Brad, but I brought some hand sanitizer with me this morning. I want to ask a question because I'm curious. And you're in church, so you better not lie. How many of y'all have some of this on you right now? You see what I'm saying? Look around. That's a lot of sanitizer. Uh, that's a lot of sanitizer, ain't it? Before y'all never, who carried this with them? Right? Think about it. The deal with sanitizer is that it's supposed to kill the germs so you don't get infected with the disease. Amen? I want to talk to you for a few minutes because what's happened in our society and what has happened in our culture, listen to me, is we've kind of sanitized Christmas. Oh, I thought I'd get a way better response than that. I worked on that all week. <laughs> I thought I'd get it. Here's what's happened in our society. We have Santa tithed Christmas. I did it, Jim. I went there. I went all the way there. We Santa ties. My wife told me, said, Jamie, don't you use that corny joke. Don't you dare say you Santa ties Christmas. And I did it. But I want to talk to you for a few minutes, guys. Listen, because that's what's happening. Is we have completely sanitized Christmas where we have killed all of the Jesus germs and we don't want to get infected with it. Amen. Nobody really catches the real spirit of Christmas and what it's all about, which is not reindeer and presents. And that's all good. It's all fun and it's all great. But let's not sanitize Christmas and kill all the Jesus germs. Amen. He is the gift. He is the gift. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Everybody say the gift. Father, we thank you that you are the gift. Lord God, we pray right now in Jesus' name. Father, is, we don't ever want to kill the Jesus germs. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you that you are the reason for this season. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So last week we had started talking about the gift of Jesus. Amen. And Jesus told the woman at the well. Were y'all here last week? How many of you was here last week? Jesus told the woman at the well, he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, 
Don't miss the point of the gift. He is the gift. The ultimate gift. And this is a big point. And I'm going to make this right here. This is a very big point. The ultimate gift is his presence. The ultimate gift is his presence. The ultimate gift is the presence of Jesus. So this morning, I want to draw a couple of contrasts between Santa and the Savior. And all of God's people said, because I almost feel really silly preaching this sermon to you deep theological people. Um, I told my wife last night, I said, I cannot believe that I am going to preach this sermon. So I feel really silly preaching this to you deep theological people here at Restoration Church. Amen. But you know what? This is me and I'm going to keep it simple. Amen. We got a week before Christmas. It's all right if we have a little bit of fun. Let's have some fun, right? So I want to give you a few quick points, and I want to draw a contrast here. Because here's what I want you to understand, and what I want you to see is Santaology says this. The gospel, according to Santa Claus, says if you're good, you get good gifts. And if you're bad, you get bad gifts. Amen. That's the gospel according to Santa Claus. And the first contrast I want to draw is Santa's presence are based on behavior. But the Savior's presence is based on grace. I thought that would get you to shout. I thought that would make you shout. It's a big difference. Amen. If you're good, according to Santa Claus, Santa says you get presents. If you're bad, you get a bag of switches. You get, in other words, listen, you get what you earn and you get what you deserve. Ain't you glad God don't give you what you deserve? <sighs> Come on, somebody. Ain't you glad God don't give you what you deserve? Ah. But Jesus does not give his presence. Because Santa gives presents, right? But the Savior gives his presence, which is the best gift. Amen. And Jesus does not give his presence based on behavior. He gives it based on grace. Amen. He gives his presence based on grace. And somebody said, well, you know, I've been good and I've been this. And, and but you, but you got to understand, let me tell you something. Good isn't good enough, but God is God enough. You cannot be good enough to make it to heaven. You can be good to get all the good stuff you want from the North Pole. Amen. Amen. And somebody says, well, I've been good. I've been doing this. I've been doing this. But you got to understand good is not good enough. Amen. And that's the message of Christmas. That's the message of Christmas. Romans 3.23 says, listen, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of Santa Claus. You can't be good enough to get good gifts. We all fall short. It's based on grace. Praise the Lord. We all fall short. Isaiah 64, 6 says this. It says we are all like an unclean thing. Listen. 
And all of our righteousness, all of our goodness, everything that we have to offer to God, he says, is as filthy rags. And you do not want to look up the reference of filthy rags right there that he's talking about. Look it up if you want to. It's nasty. Amen. As a matter of fact, he says all, every good thing I do, he said, he said, he said is, un, is, is, is a filthy rags. The Apostle Paul said this, that when I put all of my achievements together, I can do everything that I've achieved. I put it together and offer them to God. Look what he said in Philippians 3.8. Look at this. He says, yeah, I count all things, but for the loss of excellence and knowledge of Jesus Christ, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things. Watch this. And I count them all as dung. That's the word he used. I count them all as poop. That's the word he used. He said, everything I do, all good things I do, I can offer them to God. And it's poop. I remember when my children were being potty trained. Where's my parents at? <laughs> I remember when my kids were being potty trained and, and, and remember trying to potty train. Y'all remember that? You're trying to you bring the little potty in and you're trying to potty train your kids. And, and every time they use it, it was a huge celebration. <laughs> it was a huge celebration. I remember my kids would use a potty and, and we'd all stand around them. And, <sighs> they'd be so proud. Be this huge celebration and be like, yay, come on. And, and I remember standing up and saying, Daddy, Daddy, ain't you proud of me? I pooped. <laughs> and yeah. How ridiculous is it <laughs> that we sat here? And we say, God, look at what I've done. I'm good. I've been good. I love you. And he says, it's filthy rags. It's poop. Isn't that crazy? We sit there and look up at God and think that, and he's like, the same way we did when you poop, sweetheart. I love you. But I'm like, yeah. That's what the apostle Paul said. He said, I count it all as poop. Come on now. Amen. It's filthy rags. It's poop. But can I tell you, when you understand that what he does, that his presence, that all of this stuff that he gives us is not based on behavior, but it is based on grace. He don't look at it as poop. He looks at it as I love you. Amen. 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 I'm so glad my kids are potty trained now. I will throw that in there. Okay, listen. The next thing I want you to see is this. Listen. Santa's presents are limited. But the Savior's presence is unlimited. Okay. This is as good as it's going to get y'all. So y'all going to have to get with my little Santa Claus message. Amen. Y'all, I told y'all I felt bad preaching this already to you, but y'all gonna get together and get with my little Santa Claus message. Amen. This is all I got. This is the best I got for you. Don't get no better than this today. So here it goes. Santa's presents are limited, 
But the Savior's presence is unlimited. Because Santa, yeah, there you go. This is the best he gets, y'all. I told you, it's all I got for you. Listen, Santa Claus lives in the North Pole. He lives with reindeer and elves and Mrs. Claus. And he only comes one day a year because his presents are limited. And he gives you what he's going to give you on one day of the year if you deserve it or not. Maybe you don't get nothing and you're good. And then he bolts back up to the North Pole and you don't see him again for 364 days. His presence is limited. Amen. But the Savior's presence is unlimited. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is God in us. He is the Word. The Word became flesh and the Word dwelt among us. His presence is unlimited. Amen. Praise God. That's the message of Christmas. Amen. He's with us. You know, politicians, every year, when politicians run for office, they do this little, they have this strange strategy. And, and I, I'm not picking on nobody. If you're a politician, forgive me. I'm just telling you, they have this strange strategy that they use, okay? And, and it's called the identification strategy. And the bottom line on this is, is, is what they want to do is they want to try to identify with the average person. So they'll pull up in their motorcade. They'll get out of their limousine. They'll take their pinstripe suit off. They'll roll their sleeves up. They'll take their necktie off. And they'll put some safety goggles on and a hard hat. And then he'll walk through the factory. And he'll act all interested. And he'll act like he's working and... And he's walking around with his... And you know the amazing thing is, is that the people are sitting around like, yes, he's one of us. Yes, he's one of us. He understands us. And as soon as the photo poses are all over, he jets back out to his car. He doesn't give up his suite. He does not give up his law degree. He does not give up his fame. He does not give up his fortune. He does not give up anything. He puts on his expensive pinstripe suit, and then he goes to the next place. It's over. It is called an illusion of identification. That's the truth. It is called an illusion of identification. But we have a Savior who came down from the galaxies and through the stars. And he did not present an illusion of identification with us. But he was born in a manger and he lived for 30 years and he never preached a sermon. He never healed a person. He never, never, never opened up eyes. He didn't heal anybody. He worked as a carpenter with his hands. He laid foundations. He framed houses. He did yard work. He did delinquent accounts. He helped people all over the place for 30 years. It was not an illusion of identification for 30 years. And then the last three years, he was despised. Amen. He went through everything. Oh, it was not an illusion of identification. He knew and he went through everything that you and I can experience. He experienced it. Amen. And then the last three years, he was despised. He was ridiculed. He was spit on. He was betrayed. He was rejected. He was crucified. It wasn't an illusion of identification. That's the message of Christmas. Jesus is the greatest gift. 
It was not. Jesus absolutely understands us. Amen. Amen. And you may be listening to me right now. And you may be sitting here and you may be thinking like, well, yeah, you just don't know. You don't know what I've been through and you don't understand. And relationally this Christmas and this holiday, my life is falling apart and, 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 and I'm facing the holiday alone. My, my spouse left me. My family's in shambles. My kids are on drugs. I don't have any money. I'm in trouble. I feel like giving up. And no one understands. And I want to add two words to your sentence. Except Jesus. Except Jesus. Nobody understands. I'm battling this addiction. I ain't got no money. My kids ain't got no presents. Nobody gets it. Except Jesus. Except Jesus. Amen. Except Jesus. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. It says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. But we're in all points tempted. Just like you are. Amen. Let us therefore come boldly. Boldly to Jesus. He gets you. He knows you. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and grace in your time of need. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate that. You brought the house down with that one. He knows what you're going through. He gets it. He's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And the message of Christmas is Jesus lived righteously. He died sacrificially. And he rose bodily. And he offers his presence as your present for Christmas. Amen. His presence is your present for Christmas. And he says, I am Emmanuel. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, clap your hands if you believe it. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am God with you. I'll hold your hand. He'll never give up on you. Church, he will never give up on you. The third thing I want to say, the third contrast I want to make here between Santa and the Savior is this. There you go. Santa's presents are what we want, but the Savior's presence is what we need. Amen. But the Savior's presence is what we need. You know, we all have an it. How many of you have an it list? <laughs> what you thinking? Uh, put it on the it list. How many of y'all how many of you, you, you have an it? Boy, if I could just get it. Maybe your it is a computer for Christmas, or maybe your it is a pair of shoes, or maybe your it is a coat or a, a house. I don't know. But we all have an it. Amen? Now, I want you to think back with me to your very first it in life. Come on. I told y'all... I felt silly preaching this to you, but we're going to have a little bit of fun. Is that okay? Think back to your very first it in life. Think about it. Take a second. What was it? Think about the very first it. Once I get it. Oh, 
if I could just have it, oh, I will never want anything else again. Your first it, was it a house? If I could get that house in that neighborhood, if I could get that car, if I could get that girl, or if I could get that guy. And I hate to bust your balloon, but once you get it, is that it? Once you get it, that it? I live in that neighborhood. Is that it? I got the house. Is that it? I got the money. Is that it? I got this. I got that. Is that it? It ain't it. Everybody say it ain't it. No, everybody say it ain't it. Ah, now say roll tide because I just made y'all talk like a hillbilly. <laughs> ah, y'all ain't gonna say roll tide, are you? Listen, I want to tell you something. Just kidding. Let me do it loses its shine. Amen. It ain't it. It loses its shine. Santa's presence are what we want, but the Savior's presence is what we need. Amen. Amen. Because what our families really need is his presence. His presence that heals. His presence that forgives. His presence that drives bitterness and hatred and anger out of homes. We need his presence at our house this Christmas. We need his presence in our family this Christmas. Amen. That can heal our homes. His presence. And my prayer this Christmas is that somewhere... That we can stop the busyness and we understand that the real present is his presence. Amen. That is the real present of Christmas. And can I tell you, there's nothing like the presence of Jesus. He's here. He's here. He's here. Welcome him. He's here. There is nothing like the presence of Jesus. I know it's Christmas season, but you ought to get emotional about this stuff right here. The time of year, he's Emmanuel, he's with us. And it is not based on my performance, it's based on his grace. Yes. Praise the Lord. Last point, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Last point, listen. Santa's presents are under the tree. But the Savior's presence was on a tree. <laughs> Excuse me. Santa's presence are under the tree. But the Savior's presence is on a tree. Look at Acts 5.30. Look at what this says. Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. The wages of sin is death. But the gift, everybody say the gift. Of God is eternal life. And when Jesus hung on a tree, the ultimate gift, his blood, I'm telling you, his body, his presence in your life. And I want to say something really big right now. And I want you to listen to me very carefully because the blood of Jesus can power wash your soul. The blood of Jesus can power wash your guilty conscience. The blood of Jesus can power wash your guilt and your shame and your condemnation. The blood of Jesus can power wash your addictions. The blood of Jesus can set you free. Hallelujah. 
Merry Christmas. The blood of Jesus. Glory to God. And the last point I'm going to make is this. Wait, I said that a minute ago, didn't I? This ain't my last point either. I just tricked you. I'm almost done. The message of Christmas is this. Listen. That Jesus was the initiator of our love relationship. Because we get it backwards. I'm going to tell you, we get it backwards. And I think men, and I want you to listen to me very carefully, men. I think men should be the initiators of any love relationship. Amen. I think if there's going to be a relationship in the natural, then the guy ought to initiate it. Listen to me, ladies. And if you have been asking the question, should I call him? Should I text him? Should I? Should I? Should I? No! You just sit there and look beautiful. You just sit there and look beautiful. That's what you do. You just sit there and look beautiful. Amen? Amen. Make him sweat. Because a real man will initiate the relationship. A real man is the one who pursues. And I'm going to tell you the only reason I got my wife is because she can't run that far. I chased her and chased her and she was out of shape. And she just give up. A real man is the one that pursues. Amen. What's interesting is this. The church is called the bride. And Jesus is the groom. But we get it backwards. See, we think that we're the initiators of the relationship. Oh God, I'm trying so hard. If I do this, you'll love me. If I don't do that, you'll love me. If I go, and it's no. No. You got it backwards. You are not the initiator. You don't even understand the message of Christmas. Amen. Amen. You don't even understand the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas is he was the initiator of our love relationship. And all you got to do is just sit there and look beautiful. That's all you got to do. Sit there and look beautiful. Because he came down through the galaxies and through the stars and he wrapped himself in flesh to initiate the relationship, to chase you, to pursue you. Oh, to find his bride. And you are his bride. And he has pursued you all of your life. Even when you didn't know it. Even when you had other lovers, he still loved you. Because 1 John 4, 19 look, puts it this way. Look at this. Everybody read it together. Why? Ah, you got to read that again. We love him. Why? We love him because he first loved us. We are not the initiators of the relationship. You should get happy about that. You don't have to earn his love. He already initiated. Boy, that'll set you free right there. That'll set you free. And here's the deal. So holiness in our life is a response to what he initiated. Right? The holiness in our life is a response to what he initiated. Sure, we live holy. Sure, there are things we don't do. Sure, there are things that we... But let me tell you something. It's not because of a list of rules. It's my response because he loves me. You understand that? 
It's my response to him because he loves me. Because he chased me. Because he pursued me. Amen? And he won me. And he won me. It's my response to his love. It's my response to him dying on a cross for me. Amen? Our standards. I want to tell you something. We should all have standards. But that's not what makes him love us. You know that? We should all have standards, but that is not what makes him love us. Because you're good some days, and some days you are really going to mess up. Amen? Amen? But boy, if you could ever get the fact that Christmas is a message that he is the one who loved me first. If you could just get a hold of that, it'll change your life. He loved me first. It'll set you free. You're saved by grace and not works. And because I love him, and because I love him, I want to please him and be like him. I love my wife. I want to please her. I don't want to be like her, but I will please her. She can't run that good. <laughs> Glory to God. Can I tell you that Jesus Christ is the ultimate gift? His presence in our life is the greatest gift you'll ever receive. And I want to finish with this. And this is the truth. And I want you to lean into me. Luke eleven thirteen. it talks about gifts. And it says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. And I want to ask you a question. How many of you intend on making sure your kids have got something to open up for Christmas? Right? Come on. It's a question. You intend on making sure that your kids have got something under the tree to open. If you have children, you want them to have gifts. And that's why he said, if you being evil, it's not a put down. It's not a put down. He's saying compared to God. Because compared to God, none of us measure up. So he said this, if you in a flawed state compared to God, have a heart to really want to give gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give him the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He didn't say forgiveness. Why didn't he say mercy? Why didn't he say grace? Because Jesus knew if I can give them the gift of the Holy Spirit, I'm giving them me. Amen. Amen. If I can give them the gift of the Holy Spirit, he said, I'm giving them me. Amen. The real purpose and the greatest gift of all of Christmas was not just a baby born in Bethlehem. That was one time he came. We celebrate it. It's beautiful. But the real message of Christmas is the gift of Jesus and his Holy Spirit. And he is not Emmanuel. Come on, you can clap for that right there. Come on. Because he is not Emmanuel until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and he lives in you. Amen. Amen. Count 
countless times today the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. Countless times today the Holy Spirit has watched over you. He has protected you. He has noticed you. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. David said in Psalm 139 verse 8, if I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I'm in hell, you are there. He said, I can't get away from you. You are Emmanuel. You are God with me. I can't get away from him. Hallelujah. When I'm good, when I'm bad. It's not like Santa Claus. When I'm good and when I'm bad, he won't leave me alone. He loves me. He chases me. He pursues me. He comforts me. He lifts me. He encouraged me. And I could not have made it without the precious blood of Jesus and the gift of his Holy Spirit. The greatest gift you'll ever receive. Hallelujah. 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 The greatest gift you'll ever receive. Will you stand to your feet with me this morning? Stand to your feet. We're going in a little different. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus said to the woman at the well, he said, if you knew, if you knew the gift of God, everybody say the gift. He said, if you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, the greatest gift we could ever receive is the gift of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. Amen. And thank you, Jesus. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9, 15, thanks be unto God for his indescribable gift. Thanks be unto God for his indescribable gift. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And here's the best part. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's the Christmas message. It's the Christmas story. The indescribable gift of Jesus Christ. The Christmas message. And as we close with this song, Let's give Jesus the greatest gift of worship this morning. Let's give him a gift that he cannot give himself. Amen. He is worthy of our praise. He is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords. Let's worship the God of all creation.